You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. In your Bibles to the book of James, James chapter 1. James is just before Peter. After uh, Hebrews, Philemon, James, and James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. The title of my message today is Counting Pure Joy. Counting Pure Joy. Like, what a silly title, but it'll make sense in a minute. So, uh, James 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy, is the New King James. I think the NIV says, count it pure joy when you fall into various trials. May I just say to you that James is not drunk at the time of the writing. And, and James is not like he's not a masochist. He's not like, I, I like pain. I've eaten light bulbs. I like sharks. I like fights. And this, is not, this is not James. When James is writing this, he, he, is, he is drunk, but not with the spirit of this world. He is filled with the spirit from heaven. And he's going to bring a revelation that I believe is going to help us today. So my brethren, count it pure joy. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing, knowing that the testing of your faith produces. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So James here is saying, guys, I want you to, to count it pure joy when you fall into various trials, when you fall into various tribulations, because the testing of your faith produces. So I've got three P's today to make it easy. Three points, and they all begin with P, just to make it easy to remember. The first one is what I call production. Production. Production means producing. I need you to understand that the difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdoms of this world, the difference between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of men is very, very simple. In our, in our education system, at the end of the year, we have most of our assessments. We have most of our tests. We have testing. And the testing is to see, you know, your competency on all the things that you've learned, whether it's, you know, algebra, whether it's physics, whether it's science, whether it's biology, drama, dance, whatever it was that you learned, there's going to be a test, an examination. And in the examination, they're examining you to see whether you have developed the competency, whether you have the, whether you have the so that you can graduate, so that you can go on from middle school to high school, from high school to college, from, high, from college to receive a degree. I need you to understand that the world did not come up with the testing promotion concept. It's a biblical concept. But I need you to understand that the God does things very, very differently to men. When, when we graduate, we graduate with knowledge and we graduate with a level of competency and we graduate and we receive, uh, whether it be a doctorate or a degree, and we, we, you know, we, we get a piece of paper and it says that this, with our name, and we put it on the wall. And it is, it is certainly something to, that is honorable and something to, to be proud of. The kingdom of God does things a little bit different in the sense of the Bible says that when you're tested by God, that the testing produces. The testing produces. It produces something. It's produce. It's production. It's productive. So 1 John 5, 4 
First John 5 verse 4 says, what is it that overcomes the world? Anything born, anything born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that, that we have, that anything that is born of God overcomes the world. Anything that is born of God overcomes the world. What God wants to do is He takes you and I through tests. He takes us through what we would, we would deem as trials and tribulations. He's not doing this to cripple your faith. He's not doing this to weaken your faith. He's not doing this to damage your faith. But what He's doing is He's producing something in you that the world can't give you. And because the world can't give it to you, the world can't take it from you. But what is produced in you is born of God. And the Bible says that whatever is born of God overcomes the world. So, so, so you need to understand James when he says, I need you to count it pure joy. Santa's coming! Oh my God! It's, that level of joy when you fall into trials and tribulations, people are going to scratch their heads and saying, dude, you just lost your job. Dude, are you kidding? Your wheel came off on the freeway on your car. Are, are you kidding me? You're going through this. You're going through that. You're walking through hell right now and you're smiling and you're rejoicing. Why would you? Because it's pure joy because the testing of my faith is producing is producing something that is born of God. I'm not getting a certificate or a degree or a piece of paper from men. What I'm getting is something that is from God deposited into my spirit that overcomes the world around about me. God does not lead you through trials and tribulations without depositing something in you. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, I think it's verse two, it says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him gladly endured the cross, despising the shame. Not, 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 even, not even feeling intimidated by the ridicule and the scorn. Jesus, for the, what joy could there possibly be having the Roman soldiers whip you with a cat of nine tails with pieces of metal and glass and hooks in there going into your flesh and then ripping it back and people that don't read their Bibles will tell you that Jesus had uh, 40 lashes minus 139. I need you to understand that's not what happened because it wasn't Jews that were whipping Jesus. It was Romans. And if you, if you look at the Shroud of Turin, they, 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 on the Shroud of Turin, where, which is the burial cloth of Jesus Christ, they say there's somewhere between 450 and 600 lashes. The G, they, 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 they lashed him till they wanted to break him. They wanted to humiliate him. Your God went through this for you and for me. And if that wasn't enough, after they finished with him, he had to carry a cross up a hill while people punched and smacked his face, tore the beard from him and spat on him. If that wasn't enough, when he got to the top of the hill, he stretched out his arms and they pierced his wrists with nails and they put one leg over the other and drove one nail through, through, through the tibia and fibia in both into 
into the piece of wood and then lifted it up, him completely stripped naked with a crown of thorns rammed in his head, hanging on the cross. And the Bible has the audacity to say that Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, I need you to understand that the joy of the kingdom of God is one that surpasses. It's, it's, it's a joy that is transcendent from your circumstances and your situation. Whatever you are presently walking through, whatever pain or difficulty or challenge or injustice you are presently experiencing, there is a joy that is available because the Bible says that Jesus, for the joy that was set before Him, gladly endured the cross because the joy was seeing your face and my face in the family album of God, knowing that He was rescuing us from hell. He was rescuing us from a lost eternity. He was rescuing us from our sin, from our transgression. He was rescuing you and me from the vice grip of the devil and placing us into the family of God. Jesus, for the joy that was set before him. Many people say, I, I don't understand why I'm walking through this challenge. I don't know why I'm going through this. Why this was unfair of all the people to get laid off. I was the one that was laid off and I was this and I was that. And why would God let me? Why would God let? God is allowing you. James says, rejoice. Rejoice when you walk through various trials. In fact, count it pure joy because the testing of your faith produces. What is produced is born of God is gonna overcome the world. God is promoting you. God is getting ready to elevate you. God is getting ready to elevate you. Why am I walking through this? You know, I, I, I heard sometimes people that don't read their Bibles say the, the, the worst things. I heard someone say, you know, the devil roams around like a roaring lion, but he's got no teeth. Devil roams around like a roaring lion, and then we added, but he's got no teeth. Seeking whom he may devour. How's he going to devour without teeth? What's he going to gnaw you to do? <laughs> Get over here and I'm going to gum your little leg up. It's not in the Bible. Let me tell you, the devil still has his teeth. The devil still has his teeth. However, his authority has been stripped. And that authority has been placed into the hands of the saints. No one goes to the circus to see a lion tamer get into a cage with lions without teeth. The lions have teeth, but the lion tamer goes in because he knows he has authority over these man-eating beasts. God wants you to know that the devil still has, his, he's still devouring, he's still destroying, but you have authority over the enemy. I heard somebody say that, you know, when David wrote in Psalm 23, yea though, I walk th yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And again, theologians who need to spend a little more time reading their Bible rather than their own writings say things like, well, you know, it wasn't really death. It was just the shadow of death. It was just the shadow of death. Can I, can I tell you, it wasn't just a shadow of death. Death was in that valley. When David walked into the valley of Elah, when he walked down into that valley, two men would meet in that valley, only one would emerge. Death will take place in that valley. Death, death was inevitable. Death was, was paramount in that valley. Death was about to take place in that valley. 
two men would go in, only one would emerge. And it's interesting that the David wrote, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. In other words, he's saying there was a shadow hanging over me. You cannot have a shadow hanging over you by something that is smaller than you. For a shadow to hang over you, that which is casting the shadow must be larger. It must be blocking the light. It must, be, it must be positioned between where you are and where the light is for it to cast its shadow. David says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Some of us say, you don't understand, I'm walking through bankruptcy, I'm walking through divorce proceedings, I'm walking through loss, I'm, I'm walking through, they're gonna, they've given me to December 17 to get the, the jab, the double jab, the booster, and then they go, otherwise I'm gonna lose it. Why am I walking? I'm telling you, you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death and maybe something bigger than you. It's a government mandate. It's, it's, a, it's a decision that was made at the, at the head office. It was a decision that was made in a boardroom that you had no privy to, you had no access to, and it's a shadow hanging over you. But I need you to understand that yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you can fear no evil because God has neither left you nor forsaken you. But when David walked into that valley on that day, God's intention wasn't just for him to prevail over the giant. That was David's promotional piece. That was the piece, that was the moment that God chose to elevate David from shepherd boy to king who sits on the throne of Israel. Whatever you're walking through right now, whatever circumstance you're walking through right now, God has set it up. Romans 8.28 is always in play. Romans 8.28 is always in play. That God makes all things, not some things, not most things, not only the good things. God makes all things work together for good for them who love Him and are called according to His purposes. Whatever you're walking through, whatever hell you're experiencing right now, whatever injustice you're walking through right now, God is testing your faith, not to weaken it, not to cripple it, but to produce in you that which is born of God so we can overcome the world. You're about to get promoted. You're about to go to another level. What America is experiencing, what the world is experiencing right now with the lockdowns and the mandates and the vaccinations and all of this crazy. I need you to understand hell has come in like a flood. But my Bible says in Isaiah 59, 19, that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the living God will lift up a standard against him. We're, we're seeing the new standard rise. We're seeing a brand new standard rise. See, we, we inherited freedom for free. We, this generation has freely walked into freedom, not realizing that the freedom that was given us, somebody else paid for. And for us to pass it along to the next generation will require of us. It will require of us because it wasn't free when it came to us. Even though we freely received it, it wasn't free when it came to us. So we've got to push back. We've got to push back on the wicked. We've got to push back on the ungodly. We've got to push back on the evil, the one to steal our freedom, the one to enslave humanity. So right now, you and I are, are, are walking through things. Right now, there's a testing of our faith. There's a testing. But God is taking you through the testing because God is producing. That which is born of God overcomes the world. Abraham, 
Abraham, 40 years, for 40 years, God shows him a vision of children. God says to him, you're gonna have a son. You're gonna have descendants. As numerous as the stars in the sky, sand on the seashore. 40 years, nothing. Abraham is now 99 and Sarah is 89. When the Lord appears unto Abraham in Genesis 16, says Abraham or Abram, Abram. Abram, Abram. Abram means Ab, Father, Ram, Exalted. Exalted Father, Exalted Father. Walk before me and be blameless. But you shall no longer be called Abram. You shall no longer be called Exalted Father. He's probably thinking, thank goodness, because it's so embarrassing when I tell people my name is Exalted Father and I've been unable to produce a child. And God says, yes, we're changing your name to Abraham, Father of multitudes, Father of nations. May, may I say to you that God is not cruel. God is not cruel. God wasn't doing this to mock Abram. God wasn't doing this to humiliate Abram. That there are times where you will feel that because of your, your stance, because of your faith, because you've decided to, to stand for righteousness in a world going to hell in a hand, because you've decided to, 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 to walk in line with awaken, you, you'll find that there's going to be some mocking. There's going to be a price that you're going to have to pay. There's people who will laugh at you behind your back and scorn those crazy people. Can you imagine Abraham? Hey, Abram. Oh, actually, it's not Abram anymore. Please don't call me exalted father anymore. Oh, you changed your name finally. Yes, yes. Now it's Abraham, father of multitudes. <laughs> Can you imagine these people going home saying, hey, I met Abram. He's changed his name. Well, finally, he needed to change his name. The guy's got no kids. He's like, no, he's, he's changed it to father of a multitude. Has he been drinking? Oh, I think he's been in the sun too long. He's delusional, isn't he? May I say this, that the issue, the issue, the issue wasn't Sarah's womb. Now the Bible says that Sarah was barren or Sarai was barren. God, God could have clicked his finger and, and God could have, God could have unbarrened her womb with a click of a finger. It, it, it wasn't, the, the biggest issue about the problem is that the problem is never the problem. The problem with the problem is we think the problem's the problem. That's the problem with the problem. We think it's the problem, but it's not the problem. The problem wasn't Sarah's barren womb. God could have clicked his finger and Sarah could have brought forth a baby and Abraham would have had a child. That wasn't the issue. That was not the issue. The Bible says that God had chosen Abraham revealed himself to Abraham and found in Abraham a man who would leave his father and mother, leave his territory, his land, his culture and go out searching for a city and a nation whose builder was God. God found out of all, the Bible says the eyes of the Lord go throughout the whole earth searching for him whose heart. And God found a man whose heart was loyal. And God knew that that he was going to, through Abraham, bring forth nations. But from the nations, there would be one nation 
Shem, the, the Semites, the Semitic people. There would be his own special treasure. That this nation that you and I today know as Israel, that from, from, from Israel, from Zion, God's law would go to the ends of the earth. That from this nation would come not just King David, but from this nation would come the Mashiach, the Messiah. From this nation would come salvation. From this nation would come deliverance. From this nation would come hope. From this nation would come all of our Christmas carols, all of our sing, all of our rejoicing, the peace that's in the world, the salvation, the civilization of, of civilizations, the, the making civil what it would come from, the overcoming of the Roman Empire, the overcoming of wickedness, the overcoming of oppression would come from this special treasure that came from God. So God asks Abraham for one year. He doesn't know it's for one year. He, he just changed his name from Abram to Abraham and he's dealing with it. But the Bible says in Romans 4 that Abraham did not consider the deadness of Sarah's womb or the deadness of his own body. Sarah was 89. Her, her, the, the factory was dead. When she was young and maybe still producing eggs, having her cycles, she, maybe then she could have got pregnant, but she never got pregnant. She's now post-menopause. It, it's, it's impossible. Any doctor would say to Abraham, what you're believing for is impossible. And you're 99. How many 99-year-olds do you know fathering, give it up, is It's over. But the Bible says Abraham didn't consider the deadness of Sarah's womb nor the deadness of his own body, but counted God faithful who had promised. Because it wasn't about a baby. It wasn't about unbarroning her womb. It was about a deposit of faith. When, when, when Sarah conceived, when she conceived, what was conceived was born of God. And what it was, it wasn't just a boy they named Yitzhak, which means laughter, joy, one of the expressions of joy is laughter. It wasn't just joy now being produced, but there was a faith in Yitzhak. It, it, it was a faith that was needed. God says, I'm gonna give you a son, but I'm gonna put you through 40 years of testing, 40 years of humiliation, 40 years of trial, 40 years of, 40 years, every year a reason to quit, every year a reason to say it's impossible, every year a reason to say I should just give up, I should just walk away, I should just listen to the experts, I should just listen to, for 40 years to, to quit on God, and yet the word of the Lord kept coming, the word of the Lord kept coming, the word of the Lord kept coming. This was important because Abraham would have a great grandson by the name of Joseph. Joseph would be betrayed by his brothers, they, they, they would throw him into a pit, plotting to kill him, but then an opportunity comes for them to sell him. So they sell him to the Ishmaelites who take him down to Egypt and sell him as a slave to Potiphar, Pharaoh's chief executioner. Joseph watches as 30 pieces of silver exchange hands signatures are done, title deed is given, and he is now the chattel. He is now the, the property of an Egyptian, and the worth of his life is 30 pieces of silver, the life of a slave. The devil was trying to rob him of his worth, trying to rob him of his dignity, trying to rob him of his value, trying to rob him of his destiny. And now he's a slave in part of his house. And the Bible says that this grandson of Abraham was 
was faithful in all of Potiphar's house. So much so that Potiphar saw that the Lord was with him and put everything under his hand because everything under Joseph's hand prospered. But it came to pass, there was a day where Potiphar's wife says, I want a piece of that. And so she tries to seduce him. And because he refuses to sleep with her, refuses to give in to her seductions, one day she tries to capture him in the house. How dare my property, how dare my chattel refuse my wishes, refuse my request. So she traps him in the house. But he says, how can I do this? Your husband has put everything under my hand. There is no one area where he looks into. He trusts me with everything except you because you belong to him. How could I sin against him? And how could I sin against God? There was a faith on the inside of Joseph. Most of us go to church because mama and papa brought us to church as kids. So we are still operating on the umbilical cord of our parents' faith. But because Abraham for 40 years, through trials and tribulations, through testing, kept coming back to God, God was able to produce in Abraham a faith that is now in his grandson Joseph, who is in a prison because he refuses to sleep with her. And when she grabs his coat, he leaves it in her hands. And when he runs out, she's the one holding his coat. One of them will perish because the penalty for adultery in Egypt has not changed in four and a half thousand years. The penalty for adultery for a woman in Egypt is the same today as it was back then. It is death. And when she realizes, oh, she says, the Hebrew you brought tried to rape me. Joseph could have spoke up, but she would have perished. Instead, Joseph stayed silent and ends up in the prison. He is abandoned by his family, sold as a slave, falsely accused, rotting in a prison cell, completely cut off from his family, suffering what has to be the most cruelest of injustices. And the Bible says, and the Lord was with Joseph. And Joseph was interpreting the dreams of the Lord. The Bible says in Psalm 105, that they hurt his feet with fetters. They, they, they damaged his wrists with the chains. And the whole time before the dream came to pass, the word tested Joseph. It tested him because he was no longer walking in the faith of his parents or his grandparents. He had his own faith because grandfather, great-grandfather Abram believed God changed his name to Abraham and brought forth not just a son Yitzhak, but brought forth a son, produced a son that had faith in his DNA. So that Joseph in the prison, in when everything looked hopeless, when everything looked impossible. How could God bring the vision that He gave me twice of sun, moon and stars, of sheaves bowing down, my brothers bowing down before me. I'm abandoned, I'm in a prison. But Joseph had a faith to believe the impossible because he had a great grandfather that didn't look at the deadness of Sarah's womb nor the deadness of his own body, but believe for the impossible. Believe for the impossible. 
I say all of that to say this, that the Bible says that you and I are children of Abraham. We sing a song, many sons had father, I'm one of them, and so are you. So let, so we say, it's a cute little kid song, but it's unbelievably profound. The same DNA, the same faith that is in Abraham when you're born again is flowing into you. That you can, you can believe, you can move here from the mission field in Ecuador, not knowing anybody, hear about a church and attend. You kind of got a pretty bad stitched up deal in Rancho Penasquitas that you can't get out of and it's kind of hamstrung you financially. There was a whole bunch of disclosures that weren't disclosed to you that should have been. And so finally to get out of it, you, you got to sell this property. And beautiful Pastor Stacy, that's who I'm talking about goes through these battles, goes through this testing where this falls apart, that breaks through that, that. But she doesn't quit. She keeps coming back to God. She keeps coming because she's a daughter of Abraham. And people would have said to her, darling, just, just, you know, just pay your bills, you know, rent a nice place. But she's like, no, I'm going to believe for the impossible. Friday, she, three bedroom, three and a half baths. Stunning place, like not even five minutes drive from here. Joseph becomes the most powerful man in the land and literally is sent on ahead to save the entire nation because Judah had to survive the famine because from Judah would come the Messiah. Joseph went on ahead. Joshua has the faith that when they looked at Jericho and they said, it's impossible, just go around, it's impregnable. Joshua says to God, God, what do I do? And he says, just march around it once a day for six days, but on the seventh day, get everyone up early march around it seven times and on the seventh time shout with a great shout have the priest blow the ram's horns and the walls will come down the engineers and the scientists said yeah that doesn't no we're probably going to need some wrecking balls we what about some some explosives it's strategic no explosives no wrecking balls we're just going to trust that the same god that can put a barren, a baby in a barren womb, the same God that can deliver Joseph from the prison. So that same God, the same God that was with Moses when he stood before Pharaoh, when he said to Pharaoh, let my people go. The audacity, the audacity of a man who for the last 40 years has been looking after sheep. He is a shepherd. The shepherd with his dusty, dirty sandals leaving footprints across my marble floor dares to stand before Pharaoh. Pharaoh Pharaoh, do you not realize Pharaoh is God incarnate? I am God in the flesh and you have the audacity to stand before me and command me to let your people go. Let your people, who do you think, who he thinks he is? He's a son of Abraham. He has the faith of Abraham because Abraham counted it pure joy when he walked through trials, when he walked through tribulations because the testing of his faith was producing on the inside of him something that was born of God that would overcome the world. Whatever you're walking through right now, the Word of the Lord to you, the Word of the Lord to you is that whatever you're walking through, count it pure joy. Count it pure joy. Because you win in the end. You always win in the end. Job won in the end. Double for his trouble. Whatever you're walking through, whatever trial, whatever testing, the testing is all about producing.
And that producing is what's gonna overcome. I got one minute left, two more points. I preached, I think I might have preached it better at the last service. So I'm so sorry. Get, get the tape for that one. The second one is presence. So the first one is production. Second one is presence. Psalm 16:11 says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. May I just say to you that there was a James Bond movie called The World Is Not Enough, and it's exactly right. The world is not enough. The Bible says, and a famine arose in the land. The Bible says about the prodigal son takes his father's wealth, his father's in blessing, his inheritance, and he goes on wild living, but a famine arose in the land. This world cannot satisfy. This world will never fulfill. This world, if you're looking to the world to fill the hole, it will never fill. The Bible says, in your presence is fullness of joy. It's only in God's presence that they beat Paul and Silas with, with rods. They put their feet in stocks and they put chains on their wrists and chain them to the wall because the, the, the rods were designed to fracture, splinter their bones so that their bones would ache, so that they would be in pain. They, 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 they were falsely arrested and falsely beaten. Instead of behaving like victims, as Paul's kind of, moving in the stocks with it he just hears the chain go ka-ching ka-ching that's interesting ka-ching 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 Silas listen ka-ching 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 so Silas is like hey ka-ching 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 and the Bible says that they began to praise God so much so that all the other prisoners heard them singing you know what you don't hear a lot in prison is singing, praising God, rejoicing. If you really want to stick it to the devil, when he unleashes hell, when he sends his demonic horde of discouragement, when he sends them to try and bring you down and you're surrounded it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by. And you begin to sing. When the scout comes back to, to, to Satan and says, orders have been carried out. We surrounded Marco Contreras. Oh, we're, we're attacking him. We're attacking his family. We're attacking, we're discouraging him. Spirits of, uh, of anxiety and oppression and depression. They're, they're all around. We've got him. And then all of a sudden, another scout comes through. Bad news. What's happened? He's praising. Why would he be praising? We've, the Bible says that when Satan attacked Job and he loses his businesses, he loses his home, he loses his stock, he loses his... He puts on sackcloth and ashes and worships. Why does he worship? Because the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. He's worshiping because even though I'm surrounded, even though injustice has overtaken me, even though I'm walking through unfair, I'm walking through unjust, I'm walking through trials. This is what I know. If I lift my eyes, there is a throne. There is a throne in glory. There is a throne in heaven. Seated on that throne is the Most High. He's not some high. He's the Most High. There's no higher than Him. He is unparalleled. He is unmatched. 
He, he, he sits supreme and he is on the throne in power and might. Not only is he on the throne in power and might, but his eye is not just on the sparrow. The Bible says that if his eye is on the sparrow, so that not one falls to the ground apart from his, his eye is on you. He says, never will I leave you, nor will I forsake you. And this is the same God who makes a promise that all things, all things, all things work together for good. You can know that if right now hell has unleashed its finest, I'm about to get my greatest promotion. The bigger the giant, the greater the promotion. But watch this. Jesus said on the last day of the feast, Jesus rose up and said, whoever believes in me out of his belly, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Do you know that joy isn't something that happens to you on the outside? It's something that you have on the inside. The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kind of love, joy, peace, joy and love. Joy is position between love and peace. And it's on the inside of you. All you got to do is let it out. How do I let it out? You sing your way happy. You sing your way happy. We just had a six week break and what I realized was with stress and with pressure, it's very easy. I found I was eating too much food and wanting one glass of wine more than I probably needed. And I found, I found this is peculiar. Sometimes you've got to do this. And I just, one morning, just felt the Holy Spirit say, used to sing yourself, used to sing yourself happy. I thought, yeah, you're right. And I love Alexa, because I can say, Alexa, play Lionheart by Awakened Worship. Playing Lionheart by Awakened Worship. And then beautiful Jade Valdez is right there. I'm like, I didn't even need to call George and say, George, can you send? She's just right there. She's singing, you can't take my life. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And then I'm singing songs about authority. And I'm singing songs about when I speak your name, I see the way through, the breakthrough. You can sing your way because out of your innermost being flow rivers of living water. The last one is power. There's power. Because in between love, in between love and peace is joy. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He's the God of love. But when they were in a storm, they awoke Him and said, do you not care? He says, yeah. And He spoke to the wind and He said to the waves, peace, be still. And immediately there was a great calm. Can I tell you, we live in unsettling times. Turn off the fake news. Turn off the lies. Turn off, turn off the, 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 the waves, the waves, the sound waves, the media waves. Turn off the, Jesus' Word has authority over the, the waves and has authority over the wind. The word wind in the, the, the Bible is the word uh, pneuma. It means spirit or breath. If there are spirits troubling you, spirits of anxiety, spirits of depression, spirits of hopelessness, spirits of fear, spirits of the fear of loss, the fear of man, guess what? Just come back to Jesus. Let His Word come back to His Word, come into alignment with His Word because His Word has authority over the spirits and His, authority, His Word has authority over the the media over the sound waves, the airwaves, the, 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 the negative news media, come back to the Word of God. Come into alignment with the Word of God because when you come into alignment with the God, it will produce on the inside of you that which is born of God, that which is born of God overcomes the world. Amen.
Amen. Come on, if you receive that today, give God a great praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Stand to your feet, we're over time. Stand to your feet, lift your hands high to heaven. Right now, I take authority. I take authority. There's a number of people. There was a word for you today. I come against the spirit of depression. I come against the spirit of anxiety. I come against the spirit of fear. And especially, I see it, a fear of loss, a fear of loss, a fear of loss. And the Lord would say to you, do not be afraid that you may lose a job because you refuse the mandates. You may, you may lose a promotion. You may lose a raise. You may lose. But the Lord would say, what you will not lose, what you can never lose is Him that sitteth on the throne who has revealed himself unto mankind as Jehovah Jireh, the Lord your provider. You may lose a provision of a paycheck. You may lose the provision of a, of a promotion, but you have not lost your provider. And the Lord would say to you today, when one door shuts, do not be afraid, says the Lord, because another one open. And the Bible says that God is the God that closes doors that no man can open and He opens doors that no man can shut. You better believe that you are in the hand of God and He is elevating and He is promoting and He is increasing and He is blessing. You, don't, you do not need to bow your knee to the systems of this world. You don't need to bow your knee to the spirit of this world. You bow before one, the Most High God. Father, I break spirits of anxiety. I break spirits of depression right now. Right now, break, those, break the, 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 the discouragement that has hit some hearts because they're still walking through their trial. They're walking through their tribulation. And I prophesy and I declare, rejoice, count it pure joy, count it pure joy that when you fall into trials and trip, because the testing of your, that's all it is. It's a testing of your faith to produce. And what is going to be produced in you is giant slaying. What is produced in you is territory taking. What is produced in you is going to be Red Sea parting. What is produced in you is going to be legacy leaving. What is produced in you is going to be in, in conquering, is going to be in overcoming, is going to be giant slaying, giant defeating. What is produced in you is healing, is deliverance, is salvation, is breakthrough what is produced in you what is produced in you come on one more time lift your hands I'm about to hand back father I thank you right now I see over Marco and Natalie I see even even 2021 in fact I see you on the other side I see there's a there's a promotion and the promotion didn't come from men it came from God and the blessing didn't come from men just like Abraham said, I refuse to take one thing from the king of Sodom, lest he say, I made Abraham rich. I want it evident to everybody. It was the blessing of God because I fought the battles. And because you fought the battles and it was a battle of faith, because of that, there's now a deposit. There's a promotion in you. And the Lord would say, daughter, and the Lord would say, son, when you lay your hands, there's going to be a, a, new, a new level of anointing, a new level of power, a new level of impartation. You know, but believe for greater. You're going to see greater healings, greater miracles, greater deliverances. Things that used to be resisted on this level are going to just flow at that level, flow at that level. Pastor Stacy, Pastor Stacy. One of the most magnificent things about Pastor Stacy is watching her journey. She, she, she has literally become one of the most prophetic, profound, and powerful ministers in our church. And the Lord would say that, Stacy, this, this didn't happen just because you were honing or developing your giftings. It was because when you had nowhere else to go and you had every reason to say it doesn't work, God loves everybody except for me. God blesses everybody. You kept coming back. You kept coming. 
and the testing of your faith has produced. And I hear the Lord say now, because of this, because of this, whatever you ask of me, there's a believing in you. It's like the Bible says that David prevailed over the giant that day. David prevailed over Goliath. David prevailed over the giant that day. But it, was, it wasn't just a one-off event because Goliath had four brothers. And the Bible says the four fell by the hands of David and by the hands of his servant because when David took down Goliath, he stepped into a new realm of operating. Pastor Stacey, you're in a new realm. I see deliverance. I see breakthrough. I see freedom. I see provision. I see miracles, miracles. You won't just speak about miracles. You won't just put hope in people for a miracle. You'll actually impart the miracles because there's a faith for the miraculous on the inside of you, faith for the miraculous. Come on, I just just feel that there's there's, uh, a miracle anointing here. George Valdez, miracle anointing on you, miracle anointing on you, miracle anointing on you. Father, I thank you for miracles, miracles. I thank you for, for Adrian and Lisa Dunn. And, 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 and I, see, I see battles behind doors. I see battles that nobody saw that you fought. Nobody saw. And there were times of discouragement, disappointment. I even see a very, very close relationship that was almost like a, a partner in, in like ministry, business kind of thing. That... that Betrayal may not be the right word, but it's, it's the closest word. And even though your heart was wounded, nobody else could see because you kept, you kept looking after the sheep and you kept speaking faith and you kept, and because of that, I just see incredible promotion. I see incredible blessing. 2022, Dr. Lisa, will be one of the greatest years of your life. One of the greatest years of your life. One of the greatest years of your life. And the Lord would say, my daughter, because you had every opportunity to justify, you had every opportunity, but because the dreams that I gave you, 2022, you're going to see, oh my God, that was a dream. That was a dream. It's going to be like you're in the land of my dreams are coming to pass. And Adrian, there's a, there's a wonderful mantle that rests on you. He, he, is, he is strong but gentle. He is kind but courageous. And there's a wisdom that's on you that has not yet been appreciated. But I see there are people who are watching and observing. And I see the same thing for you. 2022 is going to be a year of great promotion over both of you. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you for these beautiful people. Come on, the best looking people, the loveliest people, God's favorite people attend Eastlake campus. He loves you. Lift your hands to heaven. Father, I thank you for miracles. I thank you for breakthrough. I thank you for your deposit. I thank you for your goodness. Father, I pray for anybody today whose life is not right with Jesus, who's away from God. Don't leave the same way you came in. We have beautiful leaders over here. They're up against the the, the wall over here. They're ready to meet with you. If you need prayer today, come and see them. If you need to get your life right, come and see them. There's sin in your life separating you from God. Get rid of it. Come and let them pray with you today. Don't let shame or guilt come and let them get it right. But I thank you for breakthrough. I thank you for healing. I thank you for your blessing. I thank you that you're producing inside of these people that which overcomes the world. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.